I discovered five ancient secret marketing techniques from the streets of Marrakesh that'll help you get more clients as an online coach. My trip to Morocco taught me more about marketing in one week than I've learned in 55 years as an online fitness coach. So I stayed in Marrakesh for a week in the middle of the markets. And as I was walking along, I'm just getting bombarded by people selling their leather bags and their crockery and their sweets and jewelry and so on. The whole thing felt like a microcosm of scrolling the feed online. You're walking along, you're getting outreached by people. You've got a big arrow on your head that's basically like a username that says potential client underscore 69. It was absolutely manic. But what was so interesting is that the same mistakes that you see the guys in the stalls in the streets of Marrakesh, they are the same mistakes that you see online coaches making when they're trying to sell their services. Mistake number one is the desperation energy, this sense of I've got to make the sale. And unfortunately, this is the case in Marrakesh. The living standards are low, and it's very likely that if they didn't make a certain number of sales that day, they might not be able to feed their families. So it's coming from a real place, but coming from a sense of desperation is palpable. You can feel that if you're on the other end of that. So I encountered one guy who pulled out every trick in the book. He went through six distinct stages, and it felt as though he was putting on different masks. So I walk past his stall and I see a, a copper bracelet and I'm just trying to look out the corner of my eye because I know that if I'm looking like I'm giving too much interest, I'm going to get hounded. And he starts with the outreach. And I feel like I can't ghost him, I can't ignore him. So I'm kind of saying, hi, yeah, not, not today, thanks. He moves to stage two, trying to banter, trying to find common ground. So then he moves to stage three, of being overly friendly. And then to stage four, of being over-effusive and a, a bit imposing. And then that moves on to stage five, of being pushy. At this point, I'm like, no, I'm really not interested, thanks. Then he moves to stage six, guilt tripping. At this point, I'm stuck in a conversation about a bracelet that I don't really want, and he's quoted 50 pounds for it. It's clearly not worth that. And I'm saying, look, I'm, to be honest, I'm not interested, and I can't justify more than five pounds. And then he turns up the waterworks and the guilting, and he's just like, take it, eight pounds. That's my cost price. This is gift to you. I make no profit on this. I won't, I guess I'll have to make profit another way today. And you're like, God, like, I kind of have to now, this guy's on his knees. So so I buy it for £8, and of course, 20 minutes later, I find another stall and the same thing's being sold for £3. So I was mugged off. I came away from that transaction feeling a bit rubbish about it and feeling like he had had a bad time as well. Either way, he's made a sale, but he's lost trust and he's left a sour taste in the customer's mouth. Mistake number two, the cold outreach. So coming from this energy of desperation, you'd see people trying out multiple hooks to try and get you involved in a conversation. Usually they'd pick something about your appearance, like, hey, nice hair, oh, nice muscles, Arnold Schwarzenegger, hey, hey, where are you from? Uh, football, Manchester United, uh, Arsenal, hey. A lot of the time you're just like, oh, you have to answer because you feel like you're being rude if you don't. You can imagine how you'd feel after 200 of them. You're not exactly in the mood to buy something. However, one hook did work quite well, and it's because the guy clearly understood that dynamic. And he came up to me and he said, same shit, different market, but our shit is the best. I thought, okay, that's quite clever, and he stood out. Mistake number three was the objection handling. So when you were saying, sorry, I'm not interested, they'd be like, oh, just looking, looking is free, no problem. Or if you said, oh, no, I'll come back later. Oh, when, when you come back, what time? And you're like, oh, man. And then the final one, if you just said no, they'd be like, no, just quickly, just quickly. The mistake there is not taking the hint, not taking no for an answer, quickest way to piss off a prospect. Mistake number four was the haggling. It's exhausting. If you've been to any of these kind of markets, you'll know that usually you should be paying about 40% of the price that they quote. And you have to go through this silly dance where you, you, you go in at 
less than half and then they, they counter offer and you're going back and forth. What does that do for you as a customer? You end up with no faith in the asking price of anything because you know that you're being taken for a ride every time. And then number five, the physical tricks. So they would do things like the reciprocity trick where they'd give you a taste of a sample of something and be really pushy about it or they'd put something in your hand and talk, you, talk to you about it and then by that point they won't take it back and um, you're almost in an implied sale by that point. Or they'll put the bag on you or put a piece of clothing on you. The other thing I saw, and this was more directed at my girlfriend when she was left alone for 10 seconds, is people being quite physically intimidating to her to try and get her to go into a stall or to buy something. One of the other tricks is a guy who seemingly isn't attached to a stall would come up to you and try and make friends and then end up leading you towards another stall and obviously be getting commissioned while that stall rinses you. I also had a bit of a run-in with a snake charmer. <laughs> Never thought I'd be saying that sentence. So I saw the snake, I asked him, how much for a photo? Is 20 dirhams okay? Okay, he's like, yeah, don't worry, money after, money after, no problem, no problem. You're like, mm, let's agree a price beforehand. Is 20 dirhams okay, which is about two pounds? He's like, yeah, no problem, no problem. All right, fine. So we took some photos, we gave him 40 dirhams, which is about four pounds. And he looks at it and he's like, what's this? I'm like, you said 20. And he's like, 20 euros. I'm like, no, we're not operating in euros here. We're in Marrakesh. And he throws this thing on the floor and he throws a strop and he gets in my face. And I got a bit pissed off and I was like, no, you're being dishonest here. You said 20. We're in Morocco. You can't pull this. It just left a sour taste in everyone's mouth. It's not a sustainable way to run a stall that way when it's coming from that energy of desperation and all the darker sides of human emotion come out, as opposed to the energy of, I've got something of value to sell to you. Here's the price. If you want it, great. If not, no problem. Out of that whole experience, what are the things that actually worked? Well, it was anything that was the antidote to that sense of constant harassment and desperation. So I found myself drawn to the people who were just quietly minding their own business, no pressure, you can come in and have a look, and the products sold themselves, didn't need to be pushed into buying something. Seeing transparent pricing, like seeing a price tag, was oh, such a relief. Like, I know exactly what I'm getting here, I know where I stand. And I was more happy to pay over the odds for something with a fixed price, and some stalls had fixed prices, no, no haggling written on them, because at least you know where you are and you can buy something of your own volition, rather than giving someone eight quid just to get rid of them or out of guilt. What are the lessons you can take away from that as an online coach? Number one is do what you can to operate from a place of abundance. So that is the lead domino behind all the rest of the way that your selling comes across. And if you don't have that in place, then that desperation is gonna seep through. It's a mistake that we see a lot of coaches do is that they take the kind of motivational speaker advice of quit your jobs and burn your bridges and you're going to go full into this. And I think it's terrible advice because they then end up operating from the desperate place of I need to make a sale this month and just ramming a square peg into a round hole, which it, it hurts. It's uncomfortable. It's not nice. And it produces regret purchases and refund requests. Lesson number two, cold outreach can work, but it has to be done tastefully. So if you wanna find out how to slide into someone's DMs in a smooth way without pissing them off, have a look at this video. Lesson number three is learn the difference between handling objections and not taking no for an answer because the latter is the quickest way to piss someone off. In fact, in sales, getting a no is a great thing. So you can be like, brilliant, I can cross you off my list and move on rather than chasing a dead lead who's not gonna buy anyway. And even if you manage to get them to buy, even if you drag them over the line, it's gonna be a regret purchase. Lesson number four, 
don't offer ridiculous discounts. Nobody's going to take it seriously, and it just means that your original price becomes meaningless. Lesson number five, the marketing principles of reciprocity, scarcity, authority, credibility. These all work in practice, but you've got to be tasteful about it. When was the last time you saw someone on Twitter posting five PDFs left for their digital product? Like, you'd totally see through it. Like, have they forgotten how to copy and paste? Lesson number six, affiliate marketing can work, but think of it in terms of you're playing repeated games with your customers. And so if you shill a crap product just because they pay 50% commission, you've lost the trust with that customer forever. God, I'm having a lighting nightmare here. So overall, do what you need to, to operate from a place of abundance. So don't quit the day job if that's gonna mean that you're gonna be operating from desperation and scarcity. And number two, remember that you can't generate demand out of thin air you can only redirect existing demand. So there's no point trying to pull a prospect over the line who just isn't interested. Just move on. So for the full synthesis of these ancient Moroccan secrets into the full system that we use to build propane fitness to the business that it is today, have a look at this video.